This is a crowd podcast. A huge thank you to today's Patreon sponsor, Sarah Bus. Thank you so much, Sarah. It really does make a huge difference to the show, Carry On, and we really do appreciate it. Yeah, we so do, and we love you so much. And we also have some really exciting changes coming to our Patreon soon, including getting exclusive access to our live show recordings. And if you'd like to join our Patreon and help keep the show going, head to patreon.com slash goloveyourself for more information. Membership starts from £1 a week, and you'll also get access to ad-free and early episodes. Or you can also support the show by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, and the link to all of those will be in the episode description. Welcome to Go Love Yourself. Do you know what? All of this talk about almonds is making me crave a bakewell tart. I love a bakewell tart. <laughs> the best bakewell tarts, if you're in the UK, I think are Morrison's, the fresh ones. Oh, oh really? Not the one that I made two years ago. I loved that one. <laughs> you can't even remember it. Can you? I can't remember it. Which one? So hot topic of the week, no pun intended, uh, is your beautiful fireplace, which for some reason took you seven hours to decorate and then it did. That's not Like the thing is, so if you don't follow me on Instagram, one, why not? Uh, and two, <laughs> two, like I feel like at the time of recording this, the previous week is when the weather finally changed. So I was like, now is the time. If anyone has a fireplace in their house and you are not seasonally it decorating it, I don't understand what's going on. Um, so it is now, it is time, as Mufasa says, to change it to autumn. And I wanted to film it for a little reel and give people like, you know, colourful Halloween inspo. But like, you know, the voiceover videos that you hear on Instagram and TikTok and stuff. I don't know how anybody does them in under seven hours, Laura. I don't get it. I sat there and wrote a full script three times. Oh, Is that not what people do? You need to get quicker. No, I'm down to like 20 minute edits now. 20 minute edits? Nah. Yeah. That took me. The edit, the edit... We'll talk about it elsewhere. But like the end of the video is not too bad. But it's the, I write scripts for the voiceovers. Maybe I shouldn't. Just ad hoc it. Mate, you're trying too hard. I think I try too hard. But anyway, the moral of the story is autumn has arrived at my fireplace and it's so cute and cosy. I'm so happy. It was really cute. It was really lovely. And and you know what? Like, And I mean this in a really nice way. Like It was like modest. Like, Because I... <laughs> I yes. see what do you know no, what I'm gonna I'm say more the, you've just called my like modest and I'm wondering like because normally Lauren you're not like <laughs> no what it is is that I've been seeing lots of people decorating like their, the front of their yes. houses with these elaborate yes. pumpkins and they must cost thousands maybe like maybe more hundreds I don't know I kind of like I just think it's like consumerism and I don't love it and I it makes me feel like pressure to do something that I don't really have the money for right now because we're moving and I I don't know I just find it a little bit icky but I'm all for cute fireplaces and it's not to like yuck someone's yarn and it's like if, I always think you know if it's your money spend it how you want but I remember um Mark Wright yes. you know Mark he's, he's married to Michelle Keegan I remember seeing his like house renovations for Christmas yeah. last year the Christmas lights and I was just like you just come across like an entitled prick <laughs> <laughs> sorry Mark I'm sure you're really nice but I just think it's that showy offiness I don't like mm. in general so yeah I love the fireplace genuinely what I mean was I like the fact that you didn't spend hundreds no, and didn't. hundreds of pounds on it and it wasn't like a showy off thing it was just it was it just, was just cute. cute I'm gonna stop talking now because I feel no, like but to- no so you're so right it's so true because I feel like this year specifically and we mentioned this in our um, episode last week when we talked about like how Mm. the Christmas decor and stuff has started earlier and the autumn decor I think is more intense this year and obviously you know brands want you to buy stuff you know I give into it I'm so close to buying a bloody pumpkin shaped casserole pot when was the last (laughs) fucking time I made a casserole Laura (laughs) 
Never. Save, honestly. And this is what I mean. It's consumerism at its finest. We like, don't need it. So keep your wits about you. The probably the total cost of the stuff that's on my fireplace probably cost me 50 quid absolute max. And that's over two years. So it's fine. But I'm not being funny. Places like B&M and Poundland. Loads of my stuff is there from Poundland. Facebook Marketplace, all of that. Look for charity shops as well. We'll have loads of bits and bobs in. So if you do want to like seasonal decor, how has this become a money chat? Love this. You know, think about being sustainable <laughs> or... Don't spend hundreds of pounds if you don't have it. Don't spend anything if you don't want to. Don't get a £10 pumpkin casserole dish if you don't ever make a bloody casserole. (laughs) I don't know why that's not common sense in our heads when we're looking at these casserole dishes, Laura. I know, I know. I did see one in Next, actually. I was at the Teals and I saw one. You know when they have the stuff that's there to entice oh. you? And I was like, oh, a shiny orange casserole dish in the shape of a pumpkin that I'll never use. Oh. And I did not buy it, but I get the temptation. Yeah. Do you remember when just, Impulse yeah. Buys used to be like gum at the, te- at the queue in Tesco's and now it's... I thought you were going to say gun. I was like, no, no I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> that went somewhere. I we didn't don't live in that country, um, babes, where they sell them in supermarkets. America, I am looking at you. No, it's now like, yeah, £20 things that we don't need and we get enticed yeah. about it. Maybe we need to do an episode on that, babes. Just, <laughs> just don't get enticed about all the things. But yes, the moral of the story is autumn is here. How do you feel about autumn Autumn's officially here. being here? I feel like your your season is autumn. I am so happy yeah. it's autumn. I was really done with being hot and sweaty and having a sweaty vag um, <laughs> and beep sweat. Yeah, no, I was I was just I've been over it for a while. I can't cope with mm. heat. Actually, I find it actually genuinely not to sound like a brat, but I just find it really awful and uncomfortable to deal with. So I'm ready. Do you know what? Um, it, recently, it's been like really sunny and cold and crisp. <laughs> my favorite days <laughs> i feel so old me too because i'm like yeah i can really appreciate the changing of the seasons <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, ha- I'm happy to hunker down for cozy season watch some gilmore girls yeah how's that going uh, have some hot chocolate have you watched it? do you know what i've replaced gilmore girls with this is going to shock you and I think quite a few people listening. I have fallen down and married at first sight. Rabbit hole. No, you have not. I watched Married at First Sight. Yes, the time of recording. UK or Australia? UK. The okay. current one. Yeah. I watched it for nine hours this Sunday gone. Nine hours. Nine hours of my life gone. And I had to sit through adverts. I had to watch it on like catch up. Like... <laughs> couldn't even Girl, skip it that's i'm obsessed i'm so invested in these people's lives and i yeah. don't go in for reality tv mate i'm you absolutely don't. hooked have you seen it i haven't seen this season i have caught a couple of seasons of married at first sight australia which have been wild <laughs> but i hear this uk season is just as wild as the australia seasons yeah so i think you've picked a good one to start with and I don't you get so, so invested yeah. but however what i will say about married at first sight isn't it annoying that half of the episode is recapping bits yes. that we've just seen this is not american tv i feel like american tv shows do this a lot and like, yes. we don't need the recap like i'm perfectly capable of remembering what happened three minutes ago <laughs> thank you get on with it's it the whole episode 
episode and then this one tiny bit of drama happens and they extend it out but yes ma'am so are you happy it's autumn you've got some exciting things coming up i feel like when are you off to new york so at the time of you guys listening to this our lovely listeners i will be in new york having you, just celebrated my birthday uh, with my mum and my sister um i'm so excited at this at the time of recording it's a couple of days away and i can't really think about it because i'll get too emotional um about seeing my sister nope no feelings no to the feelings <laughs> turn no it feelings like should we i think we should <laughs> before we get into the episode sorry this is quite a long intro but we haven't caught up for a little while <laughs> lauren told me the other day the musical theater geek that she is do you mind me sharing this <laughs> absolutely not go for it so book of mormon musical uh which we're both big fans of it's like a parody musical right and it's all like really funny and there's a song about telling your feelings off and it's it goes like turn it off like a light switch and we know that like Lauren, a light switch just go click it's a nifty little mormon trick <laughs> lauren whenever i ask her about her sister she she starts talking she starts getting teary and she goes nope and she goes turn it off and she just bursts into song like a light switch and then we have to change the subject it's her new coping strategy and i'm sure a therapist would tell her that this is not the way to go it's the most mentally unhealthy thing i do for somebody who's actually quite emotionally intelligent as we've talked about i have a high qi no iq eq eq yeah eq but yeah, when it comes to missing my sister, that is the song. And literally, me and my mum, I got my mum to do it because you can't. How do you if you if you're missing someone you, and you can't see them? Like she's however many thousands of miles away. I can't do anything about it. So just sit there and I literally tap my forehead like this. You can't see me, listeners, but I'm tapping my forehead and I go turn it off <laughs> like a light switch. Just go click. Love it. Okay, yeah. right. Should we get on with the episode? <laughs> So we've been speaking a lot recently about the diet culture that we grew up with and we thought it would be a cool idea to do some hot takes on this episode. Starting with something that we've seen a lot of on social media lately, which is the topic of almond mums, hashtag almond mums, hashtag childhood trauma. Um, <laughs> and it's basically people like joking around about the kind of like health focused parents um, that a lot of people grew up with. So Lauren, have you seen any of this content and what, what, do, you, what do you make of it? What does the almond mum mean to you so first of all i don't know if this is a regional dialect thing bear in mind we are live about five miles from each other <laughs> but i say almond mum oh, not almond mum yeah oh. no yeah so that's that's a conversation and Ooh, we can take okay. that offline she's laura posh. she's posh she says <laughs> almond darling i'm from maystone not medway so we'll talk <laughs> <laughs> um but yes i did see it this basically came about as kind of you know one of these like internet reaction things to a clip of Gigi hadid and her mum yolanda yeah. yolanda oh whichever we'll argue, part, of, we'll Maine, whichever part well. of ken you're from with you, <laughs> yolanda or yolanda <laughs> uh, and, and Gigi said something like oh i'm hungry and her mum said, oh, we'll have an almond then and just crunch yeah. it up really good and take your time eating yeah. it. And like Gigi was obviously like, OK. And then I think that basically triggered a bunch of people being like, ah, oh, many, many parents are the same. Yeah. Um, luckily, my mum is not like that to any extent, but I think we all probably know there are levels of it, aren't there? There's, you know, I used to get a lot of, um, I still get now, you're still hungry. You had that for lunch <laughs> and you're going to have that for dinner. Yeah, yeah, I've got a big appetite. Leave yeah. me alone. I can't possibly can't, eat all I can't that. F- watch me. Um, <laughs> so, 
so that's where I've come from. And then I think it's just, it's really a TikTok thing, isn't it? That's, yeah, mainly, yeah, lots yeah. of parodies about it and things like that. Yeah. And I think in a way, I'm, I think it's quite healthy to talk about it. Um, I think it's quite funny. Like I, I enjoy kind of mm. watching the videos and I think it's quite a healthy thing to, to laugh about it. <laughs> Maybe yeah, of course. And to kind of go, and but actually just to acknowledge it. Because mm. I imagine for a lot of people growing up with an almond mum, they probably maybe felt quite alone in that. So actually seeing other people saying, oh, is it just me or whatever? And it's actually probably a big realisation, I imagine, for a lot of people of like, oh, no wonder I have, I have issues around food or yeah. around my body image because my mum was like this. And I think a lot of mums were like that. Were like that. It's 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 a strange one, isn't it? I think I didn't grow up with an almond mum. I think I grew up with almost the opposite of like eat whatever you want, mum. Like and mm. you know, food was always in abundance. My mum grew up uh, not with food poverty, but with food scarcity. So she was kind of left to fend for herself oh, quite a lot. Okay, and so like sometimes she, I remember her telling me once that she would eat like raw potatoes and stuff, and that they were hungry <gasps> quite a lot. No. And so I think yeah, it's it's horrible, isn't it? And and mm. so like bless her, I think. I sort of counteract that quite a lot in our childhood. We sort of like, you know, there was a lot of food there in, in abundance. And I think that's true for a lot of people. Like food was a reward and a punishment. But I think in my house, it was a little bit more extreme. Certainly with my mm. dad, it was very much if you'd done anything good, it was like, have a treat. Let's go out for dinner, have five donuts. And if I'd been bad, it was, well, you're not having pudding or, you know, you know, do you know what I mean? It was just, it yeah. was, yeah, yeah. it was just quite, quite extreme, but yeah. That's interesting. And and a good point here to remember that, first of all, the, the term almond mum, I think, you know, all take it in the lighthearted way that it's sort of intended on, on social media and stuff, because people are doing parodies about it. But also the the, the seriousness of it is is what Laura kind of said, is, is our mums or ge- the generation of or whoever brought you up they behave like that because their mums probably behaved in a certain way and their yeah. mums behaved in a certain way. And this is generational. So the diet culture that we grew up in and the majority of people listening to this podcast of the 90s, noughties, 2010s, our mums were listening to it of the 60s, 70s, 80s. And in ways it was better and in ways it was worse. So it's just a product of that. And it's, do you know what Laura is like? So much has just fallen into place for me about you. Oh, really? Knowing that about your mum. Okay. That's so interesting because then, of course, like... How would she parent any, how could she not parent the way that she parented around food and, and, and making sure that you guys had enough because she grew up with not enough? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wowzers. I think, I know I've spoken a lot about it before, but I think there was a, a long period where I really resented my mum because she was not an almond mum, as I said, but she was always on a diet mum, always eating different from us mum, never happy with her body mum. And I think, yeah, just the constant talk about diets and stuff. I just, I always just found a bit upsetting and a bit triggering. And then it wasn't until really I was sort of like doing like research for this podcast and just kind of like talking to other people about it that I realised like we really shouldn't blame the mums because they are as much of a product of diet culture as we are, if not more, because they didn't have social media. They couldn't curate their their news and their media and their information. They were just, they just had these magazines, which as we know, were, and we talked about in a recent episode, mm. were so toxic. And like my mum, I remember like talking to my mum and she just sat on the sofa one day and she was like, I just always thought I had to be on a diet. I thought that as a woman, I had to always be on a diet. And I was like, that is so fucking sad. So mm. I'm glad that, that that narrative is changing. We're kind of breaking that intergenerational cycle of diet culture. But yeah, there's, there's still a way to go. And that's what's quite 
good about these videos that are coming out and again I, I, I remind you know take it with a pinch of salt these these ones that are you know intended to make you laugh it's nice that it sort of takes us out of it a little bit and re- reminds us that these diet culture things are really silly and it's okay to be hungry and it's okay to want to eat enough or whatever I saw one actually just last night I'm sure my phone listens um <laughs> scarily scarily <laughs> listens and there was a family with mum and i think two or three daughters and their caption was uh when you go for dinner with an almond mum and you order pizza instead of the salad and the mum's face she was like genuinely really cross yes. and upset and i was just like oh how great it isn't it that those sisters can laugh about it and be like roll their eyes almond mum but like for some people that will be really triggering and I'm sure has caused eating disorders um, or disordered eating so yeah as much as it is a funny trend I'm really glad we're calling it out also there is a kind of another side to it which I think is more more serious Uh, you know it's 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 about health isn't it and I think you know like everything in moderation like you should be able to go out and enjoy pizza like if that's what you want and chewing on an almond when you feel really faint is not gonna do it <laughs> hopefully as a generation we're now becoming more aware of, of of how silly those kind of things are and being able to be like yeah all right you know some people you're never gonna we say on this podcast quite a lot don't we you know some people's minds you're never gonna change or perspectives you won't change yeah. and sometimes it's okay to just be like yeah all right mum or whatever and just move on from it also though a really interesting point about this because obviously the feminine the stark feminist in me is like well you don't hear almond dad do you but <laughs> i thought about that last night when i knew we we're gonna um, be talking about this I think we don't have almond dads because they're not a thing because men are not subject to the same diet culture and body beauty standards as women are. So there's not mm. naturally going to be them. So although there isn't them um, and the, the, the point of almond mum is not blaming the mum. It's, it's, you know, just noticing a real thing that's happening here, but also men aren't kind of subject to the same thing anyway. So we're not going to have an almond dad. Yeah, that is true. Although I would argue that my dad was much more of the person that, commented on my weight and what I was eating than my oh, mum. Okay. Yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah, because fair, he fair. was more worried about what other people thought, I think, and that was a big thing for him. So it's different for everybody, isn't it? Like <sighs> Yeah, okay. That's that's very true. Maybe every family every, every family's different. We can only obviously speak about our own perspective. So yeah. that's a very good point. Damn. So that is our hot take on almond slash almond mums do you know what all of this talk about almonds is making me crave a bakewell tart i love a bakewell tart <laughs> really quickly i know this i know this podcast delves into food probably so much uh but the best bakewell tarts if you're in the uk i think are morrison's the fresh ones oh oh really not the one that i made it. you a few years ago i loved that one that you, <laughs> you made can't even me a few years it, ago i can't remember it which one do you not remember so this is how lovely lauren is so when i found out that i got off on on bake off she came round from work with balloons and i made a bake with tart that the icing was too thick and didn't quite go to the oh, edges i do remember do you remember? yes i nice. do and you made um like either uh, like a cake or a brownie or something like that at the same time and it was all so good oh i made the bake-off cake the chocolate cake oh mate whatever you were doing was good times <laughs> do you remember when you used to bake i love that love that for me <laughs> don't you sound like matt <laughs> and my dad 
I mean, this is it. Bank. We were the taste testers. If anyone has suffered, it is us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I mentioned this the other day online, but I just really lost my confidence a bit with baking. And I'm hoping my love for it will come back. But when like you literally have thousands of people online telling you you're shit at something, it does kind of have an effect. Of course it does. I'm biding my time. And I think in five years time for my 40th birthday, you will be back and making me another bake pot tart. All right. Let's see. You can hold me to that. With almonds or almonds, (laughs) TBC. (laughs) Hot take number two from Laura and Lauren is about cosmetic surgery and what we're calling tweakments. This is sort of prevalent everywhere, I'd say. Um, And especially for those of you kind of in your 30s, 40s and upwards, um, you'll know people having cosmetic surgery or... Um, you know, enhancements or, or tweakments or anything like that. So this is, we we want to give our hot take. So this is something I've, I want to talk about because I have been sort of thinking about this a lot lately. I think having watched Married at First Sight for nine hours, um, <laughs> I've gotten very used to seeing people with face like filler, Botox, lip filler. It's mainly the lip filler, right? That is a thing for me because I am just seeing it everywhere. And I think it's very obvious. And like, you see like the, that kind of, duck trout pout right and it's really difficult one for me because because I also want to say that there's no shame I'm all for body autonomy and I think I think people should do whatever they want to do my sort of worrying concern is that it's become so normal that almost it feels like expected I am someone personally who doesn't like that look like I look at it and I think it looks quite fake and and I don't particularly like it but because I see everyone doing it, even I'm literally thinking, I feel like I should have lip filler. And I'm on TikTok and there is, um, as well as the almond mum hashtag, I constantly see people talking about lip fillers. And I see people that use, there's like an AI filter that shows you what you would look like. I have tried that more times than I would like to admit in the last oh, few weeks. Okay, yeah. It doesn't suit me. I look ridiculous. I've just got naturally small lips and it does it just doesn't suit me I don't think so I don't think I would be opposed to it if it suited my face and like I said I'm all for body autonomy I think what I'm just I don't really know the point I'm trying to make I think it's just I find it a little bit concerning or just a little bit weird that I feel like I'm seeing everyone I feels like everyone having these enhancements a they're really fucking expensive and b it's like why are our natural faces not good enough and I think you know if it comes from a place of like if it makes you feel better great but I worry that it comes from a place of insecurity and us not feeling good enough and if you're already someone that feels like you've got small lips or wrinkles or like a weird jaw or a big nose or something that there's that added pressure because like it just feels like everyone's getting this stuff and then I also think that it's sad because I feel like we've lost the kind of desire for uniqueness and character in our faces. And like a bigger nose is character and it's something that is different. And why do we all want to look the same? So I'm very conflicted, as you can probably hear. I totally agree that people should do what they want to do. But I also just find it a little bit sad. I think I think it's a really good point to make because... If you're somebody who is saying you starkly do not want to have lip filler or face filler or anything like that, and yet you're feeling 
like you kind of want it because the amount of you're seeing it like that like it is a th- you know it's like peer pressure again and it's you know like we talked about at the beginning buying seasonal decor is one end of that and then also getting lip filler is another end of that because yeah i i'm the same as you i've got quite thin lips and i i would probably if i could afford it i would probably have lip filler now but i it's not something i ever thought of growing up because i didn't know about it until kylie yeah. jenner got it yeah and then everyone got it and i've got a couple of friends who got it and it looks really good like you said the main thing is it's people's choices Mm -hmm. and where this is so difficult as you know host of a body confidence podcast is like where we sit on this because as i said if i had if i could afford it i probably i I might have lip filler i'm not sure i would definitely 100 have botox if i could afford it i would be having botox potentially even fillers because yeah because because i want to because i want to i really love my face i don't want but again, it's not a need, it's a want. Yeah. So so same as in 2020, I got Invisalign. Yeah. And I actually felt conflicted in that. Did you? Because I was like, it's like, it feels like it's like, it's, like, it's almost a cosmetic procedure. It's, it's a vanity thing. The only reason I'm doing it is for vanity. Like my bite was fine, like health wise, all fine. But doing Invisalign and getting my teeth straightened changed my confidence beyond belief. Like you don't mm. even like, there's no words. I probably wouldn't be doing this right. Genuinely. So doing that little thing changed my confidence. So sometimes it's, if someone's going to do something and it's going to help them or make them feel better about themselves, then that's cool. I think there's also a conversation of are you doing it because you want to look like Becky from down the road and you're not and also you're putting yourself into debt doing it don't like that at all that's number one don't do it if you're putting yourself into debt it's really hard because I'm very much like I will likely get some of these procedures at some point probably just Botox to be honest but I wouldn't want anybody to feel pressure to get it because I've got it or because other people have got it it's really weird Laura yeah I just wonder as well, like if it's going to be one of those things like the lips, especially in that look, the particular pout I'm talking about. I yeah. wonder if it's going to be the same as like, you know, how we look back on skinny 90s eyebrows. Oh, it's a trend. But the thing is, it's also a trend that's been, I think Kylie Jenner got her lips done in like 2014, 15. It's been around for a long time. Yeah, that is true. That is true. I don't see it going anywhere, if I'm honest. I just always wonder, They look. some of them look so big, they look so painful. Like, I just wonder how they kiss or drink drinks. <laughs> how do you kiss and drink drinks? Please let us know. I hope it doesn't come across as judgmental. It's just like, we've all got an opinion on something. And I just, it's just something that has kind of been niggling at me a little bit. of just like, oh, no, wow. Like, so take. everyone's doing this now. Like, do I yeah. need to do it? But I think it's it's interesting that I think now, perhaps not so much maybe people our age, perhaps people younger are, are getting fillers, perhaps lip fillers or cheek fillers or whatever, or Botox um, in droves. Whereas we weren't doing that then. No. We were buying Dream Matte Mousse from Maybelline <laughs> and hoping for the best, right? Yeah, mine was from yeah, Grey's so Market. Yeah. <laughs> same. So we're just... It's a it's a it's a different thing, and and perhaps the the rate in which is increasing that people are having them is is perhaps quite startling, but I do I'm so about body autonomy, and if you want to do it, do it. What I want to say here is make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. But the thing is, 
who knows what right reasons are. Do you know what I mean? Like they're also sort of like different levels. Like you talking about Invisalign, mm. I'd never consider that. Like I know it is cosmetic, mm. and I completely agree with what you're saying. And I, but I'd never, I'd never considered that like the same as getting, you know, as if I was going to get a Botox or a lip fillers or anything like that. I just think when it's like it's your teeth, it's your smile, it's like making it's enhance not enhancing yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah. really it's hard isn't it is it? i yeah. suppose it's enhancing what you what you've got um mm. but then that would be the same of botox it would yeah. you know if you've got lines on your head and, and and it would for example you know smooth it out whatever you're going for yeah. is it the same I impact know. that just straightening it's real i mean i'm with you i think this is what is really good is that i think we've both potentially got different opinions on it but also there's no right way or wrong way or anything like that mm. it's a hard one but then I also think like, so where does it end? But it's like, if you start getting these tweakments as we've, you know, started to call it now and they're just, and they're so prevalent, then is it considered normal? And then, and then, then what next? Oh, next I want a nose job. Next I want a boob job. And again, like, this is the thing, like, I know quite a few people that have had a nose job or a boob job and it's changed their life. It's changed their confidence mm. massively. And I, I have no issue with that. Like I said, I, and I genuinely mean that. I think I'm just specifically talking about the face injectables yeah. really when it comes to it, because I just, like I just said it, I just feel like it's so prevalent and it just feels like the done thing now. And I'm a bit like, Oh, okay. I don't know. It's a weird no, one. I think you're, I've, I've, I think you're right. I think there's, there's, there feels like there's peer pressure to get these kind of things. And luckily I think we feel it probably less than somebody who's like 25, yeah. which thank God. And as I said, the rate of people getting them is the rate of, you know, us buying two chiclat from Estee Lauder 10 years ago. Like the thing, like things have changed and now we're not just buying the same makeup. People are now injecting things into their face, but that's all fine. If one, you're doing it safely. If you are doing this, can I just please plead to you, get it done professionally. Don't get it done at somebody's back garden shed. They need to have professional clinical qualifications to put things into your face and, and you can afford it. And also, if you're someone that like me who was thinking, oh, well, I didn't really think I needed anything, but maybe I do. Like, I kind of want to say to you, you don't, you don't need it. Like, I just, I, I just to say, like, I'm sort of feeling the pressure to a little bit because I'm seeing it everywhere. But like, I just think it's a bit like maybe it's like tattoos. Like, I remember there was a time where I was like, oh, well, everyone's getting them. I, I really want one. Yes. Yeah, but now I'm like, I'm quite glad I didn't get one because I don't think I love anything that much to have it tattooed on me and I'm probably so, soz buddy <laughs> sorry Matt sorry buddy <laughs> you know what so, I mean I didn't even say Matt <laughs> she knows the hierarchy in that <laughs> I think you've I think you hit the nail on the head there though but I think it's about if you think sitting there thinking I don't think I didn't think I needed it but maybe I do then maybe that's the conversation you had in have in your head and, and I think that's when the the social pressure and peer pressure would set in to say that you need something because you don't it's all about if you want it if you want it fine do it for yourself for no one else and again only if you can afford it and only if it's medically safe yeah completely agree well we're smashing these hot takes babes yes okay hot take number three we want to talk about weight loss uh, but more specifically around the kind of narrative that weight loss injections like azempic wagovi and bariatric surgery are the easy weight loss options and we also want to talk about you know the kind of this i you know the idea that it's a negative thing to want to lose weight and you, you know can you be body positive at the same time 
Yeah. It's such a huge thing. I mean, that could be a whole episode. (laughs) I'm sure sure we've covered it a million times, but this is our hot takes. So we will do this as quick as possible. And I think one of the biggest misconceptions about probably the content that we both post online and our philosophy of being anti-diet culture is that we're anti-diet and we're anti-weight loss. No, absolutely not. It's personal. Do what you want to do. There is you know, issues and whatever around it. We've talked for four seasons about what those are, but we are not anti-weight loss, but it is a very weird situation to be in to say that you are someone who is body confident and body positive, but wants to lose weight. I tow that line every single fucking day of my life. You know, the thing that came recently about, you know, like how often do men think about the Roman empire? Well, my Roman empire is weight loss. I probably think every day about losing weight and how easy a life was when I was a size 12, right? natural normal fine moving on i'm not going to be that again i'm a size 20 fine with it moved on so i think that's it isn't it it's, it's okay to want to lose weight but i know i'm not going to so i'm not going to change and limit my life because of it so that's where i'm at no and i i completely agree with you and i think there will always be a desire in me to also want to be smaller because i know that life would be easier um and that my probably that my fitness would improve as well because i think one thing i'm struggling with lately actually is like stamina and just feeling like I had a couple of days in London recently back to back and I needed a day off the next day just to sit on the sofa and do nothing and I was like I'm 34 like this is this is not okay but I think I just want to touch on what you said about not being anti-diet um or anti-weight loss I'm not anti-weight loss at all I would say that I am anti-diet because I I don't think diets work. I think that we go into that diet binge mentality. There's so much scientific research to show that your body will try and fight back to get to a natural set point weight and that it basically goes into diet mode and then you go into that whole you know what we've talked about before of like, okay, can't eat on Wednesdays because it's weigh in day, mustn't oh, even just water. the trigger, honestly. Um, it's it's so easy for us to say like oh the focus should be on health like you say focus on health promoting behaviors and that's the official line isn't it but i think like we if we're just being honest like i i think i'm the same as you lauren i still there are days where i think i just wish i was just a bit smaller and that doesn't mean that i don't accept myself and it doesn't mean that i don't live my life to the full um and it's hard and maybe one day i won't feel like that but i'm just being honest that's just how i feel I do not like the narrative that weight loss injections and particularly bariatric surgery are the easy options because I say this as someone who was literally three days away from having a gastric bypass and having to jump through the hoops for probably about a year and a half, I think, with uh, like a tier three weight management company organisation uh, through through my through my doctor and through the NHS. It's it's a lifelong thing that this is life threatening just first of all you can literally die on the table i mean you're literally not gonna be able to eat more than the size of an egg for the rest of your life that means no christmas dinners no birthday cake like it's a it's a huge decision and you have to be very very careful about what you eat you can get something called dumping syndrome where if you do actually overeat or you eat the wrong foods sorry i say wrong foods as in like foods that are not suitable for your surgery so if you eat foods that are like uh, very high in sugar very high in fat and a large quantity, you could be very, very poorly and end up in hospital. You're also probably going to be nutrient deficient for the most of your life and have to take an array of supplements. So I really don't like the narrative that bariatric surgery is the easy way out. You still have to work with it as well. Like everyone says, like it's a tool. And I, I having gone through the, that process, although not having had it, I can see that. 
it's not something that I think is right for me personally, but I, I don't like have an issue with people that do it. I think it's whatever, like you said, it's whatever's right for you. I just, it really worries me because, and again, we've talked about it personally and on the podcast of how many people's weight gain or current body is due to emotional factors, not the physical of putting food in your mouth. And that cannot be fixed with an injection in your body or wherever those go or a pill or, or with weight loss surgery. It can't like physically, if you're having the bariatric surgery, you said you're not gonna be able to eat as much and you'll know it, but you'll want to. And then you'll, I think you said like the depression rates afterwards are, are quite high yeah, and addiction replacement oh, as well. Oh God. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think I've got my own personal views on that. But the thing is, like you said, it's, it's a personal decision, but one that has to be made with so much consideration for every aspect of it. My goodness. And not an easy way out. I also don't really like the fact that it seems to be the kind of almost default option now for doctors and other people. Like, well, have you considered bariatric surgery? It's like the, the only, yeah, I do. I personally feel like someone is in a, 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 a very large body that that it's almost like, the go-to like the only option sort of once you've got past a certain size and I find that a bit problematic really I find it sad that that seems to be like the only solution but saying that then we've got these sort of weight loss injections that have massively like grown in in popularity and I think that it, it really is due to um like people like celebrities talking about it on Twitter but unfortunately they are all in a very unique position where they dictate beauty standards we just had a conversation about lip fillers where does that come from that came from kylie jenner that didn't come from anybody else and so now you've got kylie and kim looking tiny and what i'm seeing on tiktok is as 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 empic being fashionalized really i saw someone a, a content creator i love who has lost weight recently fine whatever but all her comments are like the azempic is azempic in. Uh, yeah, I I don't. <laughs> this is the thing. So the weight loss injections, like azempic, came about to help people living with obesity. You can I, like there's so many different terms. I, I just prefer the word fat. The medical world terms it living with obesity. So that I'm just going to use that just for now, even though we know BMI is bollocks. <laughs> I also um, living with obesity wants to be on my hot take. I'm not living with it. I'm just what? Just shut fat. up. Yeah, I'm just fat babes. <laughs> Bloody doctors. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> So the company that makes the weight loss injections didn't anticipate that it would be such a big thing. It's because of the celebrity influence. And that is why there is a shortage of demand. So that is factually correct. So people that actually need the drug, it's, it was originally used for people to help people with diabetes. It, a side effect is that basically it's supposed to suppress your appetite, the hormone in your brain that controls your appetite. So what we now have is a lot of people that have either tried to go on it. I know somebody that uh, started on it for a month and then couldn't get it. Um, and then there's people that actually need it that can't get it. So that worries me slightly. I also worry that it could either trigger or worsen eating disorders for some people. My biggest concern about the weight loss injections and the reason why I didn't personally want to take them is because the FDA has only approved them for use up to two years so I remember once a doctor said to me like Laura do you have a permanent problem with with food and I said yes and he said then you need a permanent solution this was a bariatric surgeon <laughs> 
but and I but I I did I did kind of agree with him and that's why I don't like diets and that's why I'm very anti-diet culture because I know that in the long term they're probably not going to work for me and it, a lot of it like you said won't address the, the mental and the emotional reasons with the weight loss injections that's why I was very against them however a friend of mine called Sarah LeBrock who runs a charity called All About Obesity and I had a very interesting conversation with her the other day and she was saying that the only reason they've been approved for up to two years is because that's all they've tested and that she and she thinks her projection is that in 10 years time it will revolutionize weight loss and that people will be on them permanently and it will be just like managing diabetes like managing other diseases but her stance is very different than mine she she's a big fan of the whole living with obesity thing but it was a very interesting conversation uh that i had with her and i was like okay and this is again like each to their own i get it when the when the weight loss injections came out the media and the hype around it it was like heralded as this miracle weight loss solution the thing is, right, is that if something sounds too good to be true, it normally is. So you have to go in with it with a little bit of a pinch of salt. It's not going to be right for everybody. They're also very, very costly at the moment because they're private. And I think you can't get them on the NHS. So I don't, I understand why people want to do them. I, I, I genuinely get it. It goes back to us saying, you know, I think there's always going to be a small part of us that is going to want to be smaller. I hope that isn't the case. And I don't, I like to think that we live a full and happy life as we are and we promote all that and all the good stuff so i do get it is what i'm saying i think it's just it's it's about the individual but also i'd like to see yeah that research extended if it can be something that is for the longer term i'm not against it like i'm not anti-weight loss i'm not anti-health and i don't yeah i don't like it when people assume that i'm always going to fly, fly the, the flag for fat people because i know how fucking hard it is and i will always be be an advocate for it whatever i think i think it's such an interesting topic and it's one that perhaps the the ins of it we don't really know too much about what we know is we're seeing celebrities who have used it and glamorizing it and now regular people glamorizing it um in in their droves i think if the, the main thing, again, I, I cannot stress this enough, how, how Laura and I both feel, is body autonomy. You do you, hun, right? Everything that we've talked about today, you do you. If you think that is right for you, look into it. If it's not right for you, don't do it. That's not going to be something that I, I look into because um, I, I just, it's not for me. That's absolutely fine. What I will say, if you're, ta- if you're thinking about doing anything medical, so the, the surgery, the injections, pills you know we used to you remember we used to get them in like boots and stuff and i think you probably still can you get like diet pills and stuff and they're just like laxatives essentially i don't really but i do remember like a lot of influencers and i say celebrities in air quotes Mm. um people from reality tv shows promoting like is it was it skinny jab yeah or skinny whatever it was called yeah a bunch of that so it's just the next level of that but i plead with you from the bottom of my heart if you were looking into anything like that please speak to a medical professional again um, like obviously Laura and I's conversation is just we're just chatting away so speak to somebody who is a med- medical professional if you're thinking about going down those lines and I think it comes down to anything that we talk about on this podcast that we've talked about since day one is con- the kind of like the why the why are you doing it mm-hmm. and make sure perhaps those reasons are right because as we said in the our oh, cosmetic surgery hot take if you want to do stuff cool beans go for it there's nothing wrong with wanting to do whatever you want to do but perhaps just making sure you're doing it 
for for a, yeah. for a right reason and, and if it's because you want to be healthier then you can make healthier choices i know that's easier said than done but i remember when we had like dr josh warrich on the show and he was saying that like if you if people say that they want to have or lose weight or have bariatric surgery because they want to be healthier okay but you could have bariatric surgery and eat nothing but ice cream mm, yeah good point point. and actually yeah. there is a lot of research to back that up it's that if you focus more on your health rather than weight it's actually it's better for you in the, in the long run because i mean how many of us in the past have like starved ourselves done done diets or like crazy amounts of exercise and you get on the scale and you're like i've only lost a pound mm. and then you give up don't you, you whereas actually if you, but you but you feel better mm. you've got more energy mm. you're sleeping better but you because you haven't lost their weight and that that's why i think you know not focusing on on weight and weight loss for me personally i find that 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 isn't helpful that that mark i haven't weighed myself in a really long time because i know that, that my weight is not equal to my worth and i it's triggering i don't need to know that so i'd I personally rather focus on on health but it's so nuanced it's so complex and i think obviously me and lauren are so worried about upsetting people and saying the wrong thing and i hope that you know you guys listening that you know that there will definitely be some things you don't agree with or you might be sitting here listening and you've had bariatric surgery and you think it's the best thing ever and like we would be really happy for you that that's the case or you might be really anti it, it you know like it's just it's just our opinion really and it you know do with it what you want put it in the bag of dicks if it makes you feel better and <laughs> um, obviously we don't want to you know risk upsetting anyone but you know that is the nature of this podcast and our lived experience as well like you know we're just being truthful and we're just being honest and sharing vulnerably like where we stand Oh yeah, and that's all we can do. We can only share from our point of view. Laura, that was a fantastic hot take. I don't think it was hot or a take. It was a podcast episode in itself, but I love that. And that was all of our hot takes. I've really enjoyed this. They were neither hot or takes. <laughs> I've really enjoyed this, Laura. I loved that. It's been fun. Yeah, I like challenges us. It's nice, isn't it? Hell yeah. We've learned something and we've had some laughs. <laughs> Hopefully we've not been cancelled and offended too many people. <laughs> yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. We will be back with a brand new episode next week, of course. But if you want more of us in the meantime, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Go Love Yourself Pod is our handle. Or join our Facebook group. Just search for Go Love Yourself Community. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can also email us, golove at crowdnetwork.co.uk. And you can also support the show by subscribing on Patreon or Apple Podcasts, where you can get ad-free and early episodes for £1 a week or you can listen ad free on amazon music and a reminder about our live recordings they are coming up in london very soon and you can find more info about them in the episode description i have loved this episode i hope you've enjoyed it as well and we will see you next week love you bye crowd network a place where you belong